all right hey guys welcome back to self-control with jada lion i'm jada and i'm here with my first ever podcast guest my best friend from college jd hello (laughs) (laughs) so i have jd here today because she was up in omaha for her sister's bachelorette party and i had an evening off so i just decided that i would drive up and see her don't worry we're sitting in a target parking lot in omaha filming the podcast at 11 o'clock at night we're vibing we're vibing so i did not wake up this morning thinking i would see my best friend so this is a great day yeah so jd lives in arizona but we actually went to school together at concordia for one year we played basketball together my freshman year and jd was a sophomore and then she transferred to unl for a semester and was in lincoln and i was still at concordia for the next year and then after the semester, I guess you could tell your story. Um, Concordia University, it's a small, very conservative Lutheran school. Um, got a scholarship to play basketball there in my sophomore year. I met Jada. And it's funny because we got this list of 14 freshmen that were joining the team. And I remember thinking like how insane that was because that's just a huge number of incoming freshmen that join a college team. And I remember looking through the list and I saw Jada's name and I was like, Ooh, yeah, her name is so close to mine. And I looked you up on Instagram and I followed you and I saw that you were from Colorado and I was like, Holy shit, I'm from Colorado. What if like, yeah, what from, are the odds? Yeah. Like what if we're both from Springs? Because there was another girl on the team who was also from Springs. Mm-hmm. So we knew our, our coach did like recruiting in the area. Yeah, so I was at Concordia from 2017, the fall 2017, to the spring of 2019. And then the fall of 2019, fall semester of 2019, I was at University of Mm Nebraska-Lincoln. And then the spring semester of my junior year, which was 2019, till I graduated and... 2021 mm-hmm. I was at Hastings College yeah and you didn't play basketball there no I they offered me mm-hmm. and I declined because a it was COVID and my great-grandma was living with us I was living at home because my parents lived in town and it was COVID so I didn't want to go out and play basketball and possibly bring home COVID to her and secondly I was just primarily I was just burnt out from college basketball Concordia was such an intense program. Like mm-hmm. preseason was, you know, six a.m. Yeah. six a.m. conditioning and weights, and then I would have class. I think back at my freshman and sophomore year of college, and I don't know how I got through it. Dude. Like it's six, so intense. Six a.m. weights and conditioning on Fridays. No, preseason we oh, had preseason. preseason it was every day my freshman Damn. year. Damn. They switched it my my freshman year yeah. to just Fridays. So freshman year, yeah, it was every day preseason and then I would have class from eight AM to ten thirty AM and then I would walk to the Runza, which is a fast food restaurant. I forgot you worked at Runza. I would walk to Runza <laughs> in the snow in the winter in in <laughs> central Nebraska. In my parka. <laughs> and I would... <laughs> I was the only female employee. Oh so in the front, I worked with a bunch of high school boys or p- kids that had just graduated high school. And in the back were a bunch of 40-year-old men. 
and I hated it. Then I would walk back, and we would have, like, sometimes we would have speed cardio training or post-individual trainings. Mm -hmm. And then I would do homework, and then I would go to team practice, and then we would have dinner. Mm -hmm. And then I would do more homework, and then I'd go to bed, and then I'd wake up and do it all over again. Yeah, for two years. That's what I did, too. And and all that hard work had no... Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> For what? <laughs> to look hot. To have a fat ass. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about our first time that we met. Met. Um, because JD didn't come to the summer camp before my freshman year. Because she was going through a really hard time. Yeah. The coach that she had. I had someone close to me had passed away. Yeah. So JD was dealing with her hard time so she didn't come to camp so the first time I met her was at some practices I like saw her and I was like oh my god she's gorgeous stop <laughs> oh my god I was I was like with I'm her, blushing her high ass ponytail and your little your little I like twisted my your jersey bra. into your sports bra and your shorts were rolled and I was like who is this like, here playing basketball at this weird-ass school. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. It gets better. Yeah, I was like, who is this girl? And, like, you smiled at me, and you were, like, cheering all of us on. And I was like, oh, she's got good vibes. And then we had, like, a team-building exercise the first week, or first or second week of school, and we went to a ropes course. And so we all needed to partner up. My least favorite activity, if you listen to my last <laughs> podcast... Because I told them that I usually was the only one without a partner. Because everyone had their little buddy. And on the days you weren't there, or the days that, like, Nicole snagged you, or if if it was separating posts and guards, I'd have no one. We couldn't be together. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. And then my sophomore year, Olivia was my my partner, usually, Mm -hmm. because we were both on JV. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I also talked about how fucked up it was that they didn't put me with a freshman, with a basketball player roommate. Did you even think about that? I was the only freshman who didn't have a roommate. No, I didn't have a basketball roommate either. I had Yoslin. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe they did that to us. <laughs> I was the only... Okay, can continue with your story though. Continue. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Holy fuck. How we, how we uh, fucking laugh at this shit that woo! happened to us. God. Fucking laugh. <laughs> Anyways, um, so... We were at this fucking ropes course, and everyone's like, partner up. And I was like, God, motherfucking damn it. Like, I do not want to partner up. And JD had been talking to me. We took a picture. That was at the end. Yeah, that was at the end. We rode up together because we rode up in Coach's car. We're driving up, and we're not really talking very much. And then we get to the ropes course, and they say, grab a partner. And JD was like, Jada, do you want to be my partner? And I was like, oh, fuck. This bitch feels fucking bad for the loner <laughs> you want to eat this no i'm gonna wait oh, okay thank you yeah you can have yours though no if we're gonna do ASMR. yeah sorry, sorry so we're at the ropes course and she asked me to be her partner and i'm like yeah she just feels bad for me i was like she probably saw that i was alone and felt bad and was like yeah she's from colorado i'm from colorado i guess we'll partner up so then the whole time we're going we're like making jokes to each other through the ropes course and we're like being a little silly and you're like cheering me on you're like you got this and stuff and like it was so fun and then we went to 
Chick-fil-A. And I think you got your food before me, so you sat down before me. So we didn't sit next to each other, because I think I sat with some other people. Yeah, you didn't sit. But then, I don't remember how we started hanging out. Do you? I don't either. But I remember, like, one time you brought me a quesadilla from Fuzzies. You just asked me if I wanted it. Oh, yeah. I was like, hey, I'm going to Fuzzies. Do you want anything? And I was like... I mean, if you're going, can I yeah. get a quesadilla? And you got it for me, and that and was sweet. And then we hung out afterwards. Yeah. You came into my boyfriend's room with me. Yeah. And we'd hang out in there, and that was always kind of fun, because you were really good with my boyfriend at the time. Because he was good to me at the time, so, like, it was easy yeah. to be nice to him. Yeah. He wasn't terrible to be no. around. From my perspective, when I found out that you went to high school, like, I freaked I freaked the fuck out, dude. Yeah. Because I should have gone to that high school. And yeah. I was like, we should have met. And oh, we yeah. Because JD's from Colorado Springs. We lived in the same city at the same time and didn't even know each other. No. And so I was now, hindsight, looking back, I feel like the universe gave us another chance. Yeah. We probably saw each other in passing and just didn't know it. And. Yeah, I, I really feel like the universe gave me another chance to have my best mm, friend. But, oh, yeah. Um, so I just... God, it's so blurry for me. I know. But I don't know how we... How we became friends. We also were both going through, like, a lot of trauma at the time. So I feel like yeah. our brains have blocked my, out a lot of it. A really, really close friend of mine had just passed away. And I felt kind of ostracized from the friend group that I had because my freshman year the four other freshmen on the team they were all really close friends Mm -hmm. they were all roommates and so whenever we had pairing up activities I was number five Mm -hmm. and so on that day they all got paired up and I was left by myself and I was like well I'm the fucking loser who Mm -hmm. doesn't have anyone paired up with and so I was like oh well Maybe no one's asked Jada yet, and um, you and I had talked a little bit at practice and stuff, mm-hmm. and you seemed like you were really down to earth, and like mm-hmm. you gave me total Subaru Colorado vibes, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of how I was like. Me, I put off my my yeah, perception. You reminded me a lot of my best friend from high school at the uh-huh. time because she was very chill and yeah. laid back, and like I had tinsel no, in my hair at the time. Yeah, no drama. Yeah, just and you had a very like innocence to you too. Yeah, like that you weren't I was trying young. to start shit or anything. Yeah. yeah, no, and so yeah, I remember asking if you wanted to be my partner. And you said yes. I remember we had so much fun mm-hmm. on the zip line. And then, yeah, I asked you if you wanted to take a picture with me. Because, it was so cute. Well, and because everyone else was taking pictures. Fuck, Janie. Yeah, it was really cute. Everyone else was taking pictures, yeah. It's a Our really first, fucking cute picture. We'll link, link yeah, picture. yeah, check out JD's Instagram. Yeah, at J-D-E-L-I-Z. J-A-Y-D-I-E-L-I-Z. Yeah, check out her Instagram. She'll post the pic. Or it's already posted, it's already isn't posted. it? You can you can scroll down a little bit. <laughs> you can do some digging. Yeah. That's the thing about the whole program. Dude. That's the thing is like I think the whole team fucking knew that I was alone. an outsider and an and alone and had no one to hang out with. And, and I think that's why we kind of gravitated towards each other. Yeah. 
Like they knew, because they knew, and they didn't give a fuck. Let's be honest. I was not the best player on the team. I had only been playing basketball for two years. I did not know what the fuck I was doing. I was getting D two offers for volleyball. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why I took it. Maybe it's because we were supposed to meet. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but because mm-hmm. like, there's no fucking way that didn't know that I was fucking by myself. I really. I feel like I played the part so well. I became. I, I tried and I, became, I could not. I became so good at praying. I fucking tried and I felt like I've. I tried, and I felt like a faker. That's why I stopped going yeah, to church because I felt like a. Syndrome. I felt like a faker. Yeah, because they wouldn't let us take communion because we weren't Lutheran. I was Lutheran. Oh, I wasn't allowed to take communion when I went to church with uh, my roommate my sophomore year. Church. Where? Oh, it's a boring ass church. If you've accepted God, you can take communion. Yeah, deconstructing religion over the last year has been really fun for me. Yeah, it's been a. Thank you. Concordia helped with that a lot, actually. I've been going through a pretty intense religious standstill. There's this video called The Egg. Have you seen it? Mm -hmm. I like watched that. And it talks about like gods, how there are gods. There's a line in it where he says, I was Jesus, and he was like, and you were everyone that followed him. And so my life has been literally falling apart. And I'm like, is God punishing me right now? Because I am, I've been talking more and more about spirituality and existentialism. And I told my mom about my fucking theory of the universe. And it's pretty intense. Like, and it's pretty anti-God. See, but I believe that what I'm starting to believe or wanting, I don't know, is that we like our subconscious is like our soul or our spirit or however you would look at it. And we picked this life knowing the shit that was going to happen to us while also simultaneously having free will. And the whole point of earth is to, learn lessons and the whole point is to learn to spread positivity and love Mm -hmm. and we have spirit guides that help us Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, the whole point is to learn and grow so that when we die and our soul goes back to wherever it came from Mm -hmm. it can or back to earth or it, it can either you know do it again Mm-hmm. And you know, okay, Learn this another time, lesson. this time you be the husband and I'll be the wife, mm-hmm. and we'll try it. We'll we'll try it again until you become reach that level of enlightenment. Yeah, you become a spirit guide, and then so that is kind of like the egg that, theory. You jo- yeah, you join that collective. Collective. It's almost like the idea of Brahmin in Hinduism. Yeah, that's why I think if I, I feel like I've been feeling so lost that I want to come back to religion. And if I do, I think I would want to be like I would want to study Hinduism. See, but for me, like I look at the history of humans, and we've always had, we've always, no matter where we come from on Earth, from all corners, we have an idea or a, an idea of religion or mm-hmm. a moral guidance for afterlife. So you and, think something's out there? And yeah, well. It makes you think, like, is this just all sociological? Like, have you ever heard of, like, the narcissistic theory? Mm-mm. It's, like, this idea where the Christian Bible 
there's actually like a separate set of gods. Well, I don't know if I'm gonna get the story. Right. Oh, okay, I okay. I don't know if I remember correctly. Exactly, That's okay. But there's a universe where there's multiple different goddesses. And there's one, like, evil demon that's, like, born, that's, like, cast out because it's bad or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he creates his own universe. He's like, fuck you, I'll become my own god. Mm -hmm. And he creates Earth. Mm-hmm. And he creates the Christian Bible. And he tells everyone that he's God and I did this, this, Holy this. shit. But then there's also the argument of do we live in a simulation mm-hmm. with the idea of AI becoming sentient. Like, Well, I told you about when I feel like plastic. Yeah. Some people, when uh, they smoke DMT, they say that um, they point a laser at the sky and they can see, like, coding. Holy fuck. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying this is just shit i've seen on tiktok so you know Mm -hmm. take that for what you will Mm -hmm. but they say that the only way that you can know that if you're in a simulation or not is that a simulation is you're in like the first level of a simulation if you're able to make another simulation you have to be like in Mm. already in a rick and morty fucking explains every thought i've had about existentialism ever so well rick and morty fucks me up i love it it explains like i have these deep like concerns about how fucking time travel or portal jumping or so then dimensions were about parallel dimensions and like every decision you make splits off into a different dimension yeah possibilities because everything's always happening at once like in an interstellar have you seen everything everywhere all at once no i really want to you need to watch it i watched it well i was supposed to watch it with mason he fell asleep and i watched and i cried it's about like family but it's also about like the like dimensions and it's pretty cool But my theory about the universe, I saw this fucking meme photo of the orange M&M guy standing at a birthday party and there was like text over him and it said, I am the universe experiencing itself. I am the universe experiencing itself. I am the universe experiencing itself. what? It was like a meme picture and it was just like a picture of a M&M. Gotcha. And it had those words over it. And, uh, I saw that and it blew my mind because sometimes I'll feel like I'm being watched by something and it feels like it's omniscient and it can hear my thoughts and it's not scary. I've talked to you about this before, but it's not scary. It's just watching and observing. And I was always like, what is that feeling? And one day I came to an epiphany that... I'm the one observing myself. Like, I'm sitting here. You get it. You get it. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. Like, I sit here and I observe myself. And so, that. You get into meditation. You reach that. I'm, yeah, I'll I'll tell you. I'll tell you about the exciting thing at the end. So, I feel like I'm the one watching me. I'm the one paying attention to my every move. I'm the one looking at how I'm perceived. And then I came to this beautiful enlightened conclusion that because I am watching myself and the universe is watching me and I'm observing the universe, I am the universe. 
and the universe is inside of me and it's outside of me. It's everything I experience. And I'm literally just the universe putting itself in a position to experience this creation that it manifested. That's literally, yeah, that's basically how I said, like our, our goal is to get, be here and experience what it's like to be human. Have you seen the movie soul? Mm-hmm. I love it's that movie. movie. I sob. That movie makes me cry. I, I do. I cry every time. It's, it's so beautiful and like it explains like the beauty of life in such an interesting way but it also shows like an interpretation of the beyond or like the before and it's not there's not a finality with death Mm -hmm. there's i feel like a lot it's obvious a lot of people fear death Mm -hmm. and it's weird because when my coach died at the time, it felt like how I interpreted it as the most holiest experience I had ever felt. Mm-hmm. And and I was thinking, you know, I've learned, I've done a lot of looking into psychology with um, worship music. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of manipulation with it. That's like, have you heard the manipulation with the summer camps? That, yeah, yeah. Like how they wear you out and tire you. And then yeah. so you're emotionally vulnerable because you're physically exhausted. And then they trauma dump. And then they like play this music and say these things. Yeah, that call to you. And the way, it's the way that like the, the music builds up and 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 up. And then God comes in. Mm-hmm. It's fine, and and it's the way that they talk. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, sometimes God <laughs> just comes in, and, and you get so crazy, and you get stuck with life, and and you forget, and you realize. Oh my God! Ah, PTSD. <laughs> and you realize, I have not prayed at all today. And then in the background, there's piano music. The dude strumming on the guitar real slow. <laughs> yeah. And you realize, you think, God. God. And our it's, God. Our God is great. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's emotionally manipulating. Yeah. And I, I feel like. And, you know, we were playing Christian music at the time that he passed, like, worship music. And I think a lot of, of the emotions that I felt, that I f- thought in my head were God when I felt him passing was more just, I don't even know how to put it, just universal peace. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the end of pain and suffering, and mm-hmm. you could feel the energy shift in the in the room. Like, mm-hmm. there like there was a presence. Oh, yeah. But it... You literally I felt say, his soul move. But it could go, and you could say, if we are all God, if we are all a part of the universe, then I guess you could say God was in the room. Mm-hmm. If, if I felt as if his entity was in there. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to think about. Yeah. I'm still stuck on the Gnostics theory. Yeah. It's freaky. Us living in a simulation is the most realistic outcome at this point. And that's freaky too. Uh, that's terrifying. Well, because. Like, why am I paying rent? Um, yeah. It all matters so, so much, but it doesn't matter at all. But I had this theory that I've told you this. You were the first person. We went and got crepes that one morning. You stayed at my old apartment. And I had this experience 
firsthand with you, but I was like, JD, the sun is not the sun. The sun is the spotlight. And if you see my existentialism video on my channel, you can check it out and you can see kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, but I felt like I was the moon. No, like it's all just like a big curtain and it's about to fall. Like, why are they lying? I I really I feel like I've gone way past being a liberal and more of a leftist. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I'm such a conspiracist nowadays. Like, Neil Armstrong in every interview said that he never was on the moon. Really? Yeah. You need to look up Dr. Stephen Greer because he and 30 other scientists have been researching um, UFO or UAEs for the last 30 years. And they have um, witness protection program from the Pentagon. And they have like 794 people who have seen alien witness accounts of military and civilian accounts, and they are all under witness protection. Witness protection, and they're waiting for approval <laughs> to testify. And so, Dr. Greer, <gasps> it's a three-hour, it's a three-hour-long video, and honestly, I haven't been. I've only watched the first 45 minutes because I was cleaning and I didn't get through it all. But you gotta watch it because basically, he says he's giving the government six months to come clean, or else they are going to. And they're saying that like for the last hundred years, we've had access to alien technology and Holy it fuck. would change everything yeah everything every we have technologies to where energy would be free yeah capitalism as we know would be over and there are representatives in a ufo committee right now that are coming out on the news and saying that we need to I don't understand what's happening right now we need to just come out and tell the public what's happening because this is are these crazy people no how many views does the video have millions wow millions damn hundreds of millions really yeah and it's three hours long Dr. Stephen Greer is it gonna fuck me up yeah it will because it's basically saying that they've been here all along. I don't like that. Well, and that they uh, come in peace because the technology they have is so powerful. Oh, yeah, they could fucking wipe us it out. It could obliterate us. And they have reached a level as a species of transcendental, like, peacefulness. Yeah. That they... They have no reason to hurt us. They don't need to, yeah. And they've been here for over a hundred years. Do you think humans are disguised as them? That's now that's the weird thing. Like, did you see the video of the lady on TikTok on the airline? And she was like, "That motherfucker is not real." And they were taxiing, and she made the plane stop. And she was like, "I don't want my. I don't give a fuck about my bags. Yeah, I'm getting off the plane. I'm not riding with him." What the fuck? You think it's because it was something scary? You don't think she was just drunk? See, I don't know, because as I watched it, I was, like, kind of analyzing it. And when she points at him, she does two fingers like this. Yeah. And that's the, um, what is it, Balazar? Oh, Balesy Bob? 
it's the demonic figure that Ew. that like was the the cult religion leader for like the whole Balenciaga scandal. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. All of that Hollywood shit. Ugh, I hate like, it. Like the One World Order. What all the uh, Project Blue Beam is about. Do you know what Project Blue Beam is? No. That's released CIA documents from like the '60s saying that if we were ever, if the world was ever at the brink of nuclear war, they would fake an alien invasion to push forward a one world order. Because to have a one world order, you have to have a one world enemy. Saying that they would do that to the unite the world. I'm gonna call this uh, this video conspiracy theories. Okay, yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, they're so interesting. I love hearing about them, but they scare the fuck out of me. It's, uh, yeah, and it makes you think, because part of, like, the theory of the One World Order is that there's this rich underground group that (laughs) own everything, and that's BlackRock and Vanguard. For for example, BlackRock and Vanguard are these, are the biggest investment and asset groups in the entire world. Yeah. Do you remember when the Norfolk train derailed in Ohio? Mm-mm. Last February, a train derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, mm-hmm. and it had a lot of hazardous chemicals on it. Oh fuck! The railroad company was called Norfolk, and that's owned by Black by Vanguard, mm-hmm. J.P. Morgan, and BlackRock. Mm-hmm. The chemicals on it they set on fire to get rid of so they set this on fire all these chemicals turn black as this huge black plume going into the air so we know we're gonna have a acidic rain b all of the residents drinking water was poisoned Mm -hmm. every single fish in the streams were turning up dead there were no animals in within a like a 20 mile radius there Mm -hmm. were no live animals raccoons were like running around looking rabid for the cleanup efforts norfolk southern the railroad company offered each resident a thousand dollars and they said that they would send the epa in to go and do a chemical report the epa went in and said oh the water's safe to drink it's fine so the residents moved back in after it's done getting cleaned up and there's still dead fish like the all the water looks surf like rainbowy on the surface it's not drink it's not it's poison Mm-mm. yeah it's poison and so the people are like complaining to the governor um the, the government like joe biden offered to send federal aid and the governor ref- refuted it saying oh we can handle it ourselves mm-hmm. a private group of environmentalists decided that they were going to go and privately test the soil there to see if the government was lying. Mm. That plane crashed and everyone died. It was a private plane with just the researchers and the pilot on board. Holy fuck. In addition to that, there were about 20 other train derailments with chemical spills. Mm Mm-hmm. All companies that are primarily owned by Vanguard and BlackRock. Like, the idea that we have... Choice is an illusion in America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. BlackRock and Vanguard and Kellogg own 98% of what's in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. You think that you're choosing either this brand of cereal or this brand of cereal, but they're owned by the same company. Mm -hmm. At the very top. They, They own... 
both like things that causes allergies and things that cures allergies. Yeah. You know, I I, I see pe- videos on TikTok of people making saying like, oh, because they're coming to understand the monopoly mm-hmm. that that these people corporations have on our country and on our politicians like oh we need to block we need to um boycott them but it's impossible you can't it's impossible and so we're stuck contributing and being a part of their game yeah i and i i literally serve them Mm -hmm. yeah you can't you can't take that out Uh, do you want to leave yeah okay all right we are back we're in the sonic drive-thru line right now yeah yeah um we got sketched out by someone else pulling into the parking lot (laughs) so we decided to leave but we're gonna switch gears over away from conspiracy theories and go into my day (laughs) at the dmv ah let me tell you about it if there's any bot shit going on it's at the dmv so i pull up and my mom had given me just like a package of paperwork that i was supposed to give to the dmv to like register my car you know Uh and so it's like the title other bullshit that i needed and i gave her the package she was like where's your title and i was like i don't know this is what i I, this is all i have this is all my mom gave to me here's my registration she was like why are you registered in colorado i was like i don't know it was just in my car she's like where did you get this and i was like girl i don't know it was in my (laughs) car (laughs) And she was like, it's in Colorado. And I'm like, I know that. And then I called my mom. I was like, mom. I was like, mom, this lady's like freaking <laughs> out. And she like doesn't know why I have a Colorado registration. And because we initially planned to register in Colorado. So when they asked us when we bought the car, we said Colorado. So they gave me temp tags for Colorado. Gotcha. But really, Nebraska like, would have been going fine. To school out here. Yeah. So I don't have a Colorado license anymore. I have a Nebraska license time has come yeah i tell her what my mom told me about that whole thing and then she was like you don't have a title i'm gonna email your bank what's your bank and i was like oh wells fargo she was like okay well it's not this bank and it was like the financing group yeah the financing group's bank and i was like no that's not my bank and she was like okay well i'm gonna send an email to this bank because you need a title for your car for us to register and then she started going through the packet of papers i gave her and the title was in there and then she asked me for another paper and I don't have it. So I have to have, I have to email it to her email for my email. So, so that's why my anxiety is so high about going to the DMV. And then they said they couldn't register my car because of the whole Colorado thing. So then they're like, we can't register unless you have an old registration or expired registration from the Colorado plates from the Nissan Murano, which I used to drive. Yeah. And I was like, why the fuck would I have that on you? So I'm like, I don't know. I can go check. And I came in here and I looked in the glove box and I fucking had it. What are the odds? I was, it was so lit. And so I brought it in and I was like, yeah, I got it. Well, also, first of all, I walked in and I said I made an appointment online, but I never got a confirmation email. And it's at 3.30. And they looked at my name and she was like, where'd you sign up? And I was like, I scanned their QR. I scanned the QR code. And she was like, that's for them. So that's for the ID DMV, and I need to go to the vehicle registration DMV. So I, first of all, didn't make actually make an appointment, so this lady was helping me out in front of other people, which I didn't know. How embarrassing. 
And then, so the whole time, I'm sure this lady is like, this bitch is so stupid. Like, this girl doesn't has no idea what she's doing. She keeps calling she her mom. She with way stupider people, I'm sure. I know. But here's the kicker. So it comes time to pay. And I whip out my checkbook and I open it. And I, I forgot that I have Scooby-Doo checks. <laughs> <laughs> Smucking Scooby-Dooby-Doo oh, on my check to the DMV. I wrote out the first check and I fucked it up. So then I had to flip it over and start a new check. And I pulled the little plastic piece out. And I forgot to put it back under the new check. So then I've got like three receipt checks with the fucking Whatever. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That's a good story. And then I was also going to tell you about that house I viewed. Yes. I know you saw my story. But I did, but I didn't, I you didn't hear the story. So I decide I'm going to go view a house. And it's a duplex with an apartment on top and an apartment on bottom. And I walk up. And the first thing I notice is there's like alcohol bottles like strewn about on the front porch. And I was like, oh, people are just partying in the neighborhood and probably threw them here. Left, drank on this front porch, whatever. Yeah. And there's like Diet Coke cans and stuff, which is kind of weird. But I didn't really pay much attention to it. Dude comes up. We go in the house. We look at it. It's cute. It's got bay windows. It's got a nice kitchen. It's got a renovated bathroom, two bedrooms, and a sunroom for plants. I love that. I'm like, this is so cute. Does it have a backyard? And he's like, yeah, we can take a look. And he opens the back door. And then there's a homeless woman laying on the ground and she sits up and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, I'm kind of going through a rough time. All this kind of stuff. Lo siento, como estas? Like talking to the property guy. And he was like, I'm sorry, I have secondhand embarrassment. Like, I don't know about that. And I was like, yeah, I'm not moving in. Because yeah, I don't yeah, know who, to who the fuck is going to be sleeping on my back porch. Like, Milo will lose his goddamn mind. No, thank you. No, as he should. Yeah. Oh, I have a fun story to talk about from my job. Yeah, tell me. Okay. So, for foundation, I work at a high-end resort. Mm -hmm. And we deal with very high-profile clientele, like, people who spend millions of dollars at Milo, our property for vacation. And we had one man, and we'll call him Mr. Green. And Mr. Green is considered a, we'll call it a gold star member, because they spend more than a million dollars per year. Are you allowed to talk about this? Yeah. And so he and his wife came in uh, just to, like, they're staying on the property and they wanted to come eat. And when they're gold star members... Um, when they spend that much money with our company, we as employees don't tell them no mm -hmm. for whatever they want. And so I work in the restaurant and they came in to eat and they went to five different tables in the restaurant before they picked a table inside. And this other young couple came in and sat outside where they could see them. And the host, as she was walking through the restaurant, um, he just started berating her they were berating this teenage hostess she's still in high school and so i go and grab our manager and he tells him you know as soon as we get a table mr blah 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 we will absolutely get you a table so i go over to clear their salads and i was like how was everything mr green and salads enjoyable and he goes i want to sit outside 
and I hold up my hand because you can see our patio with the there's windows so you can see the whole patio and I raise up my hands and I go unfortunately Mr. Green as you can see the patio is full at the moment mm -hmm. and there's not much else we can do but um, I'm glad you enjoyed your salad is there anything else I can do to make you happy at the moment no we want to sit outside so I was just like okay and I just left <laughs> one of the tables nearby they were just a local table yeah normal people yeah like you and me yeah just coming in for our anniversary had no idea who this person is had no idea how much money at what their net worth was not knowing that they are multi-millionaire and they go to them and he stands up and he goes i don't care who you are or how much money you make but you can't just talk to people the way you are. You can't just treat the service stuff that way. You are ruining my wife and I's night. I don't give mm -hmm. a fuck what you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. And so this did not make Mr. Green happy at all. And so he went to the manager and said this was the worst experience he's ever had at our company's location. Mm -hmm. And um, they ended up going to a different restaurant on our property. And so we got that table, a bottle of champagne to say thank you. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that, like, I mean, we get people like that a lot that just go off the handles. Karens. Karens, but it's on another level. Mm -hmm. Like, it's people who... It's entitlement. It's Yeah, people who just don't know struggle. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird paradigm to... To service to staff. To be a service staff for, for people that... Who've never been told no some of the people that I serve in dinner service like oh. what I make in a year is what they make like in the time I'm done serving them that day. Yeah. But on the other hand, we have couples that will spend 20 years saving up for their 20th anniversary. Yeah. To come and stay. And those people are my favorite tables. I bet. They're the nicest tables. I bet. The most enjoyable people. Can just tell they really appreciate and value everything. Mm hmm Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I miss the in restaurant industry a lot. It's addictive, for sure. Like walking out with cash. Just money. Yeah. Just money. Short short on money? Short on rent? Pick up a shift? Yeah. I don't know. But also I miss like the community of a restaurant. How you're like all in the weeds, but you're in the weeds together. And then the night ends and you forget about it. Yeah. It's like, what just happened? Yeah, you like black out. And then you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning like, holy shit, I forgot ranch for 41. Mm-hmm. It's like ingrained in your brain. You just figure out how to do it. And that's the thing is like, sometimes you just don't have a fucking choice. You just have to do your job. It may suck ass, but you just have to do it. Or it's on it. Can I please get a medium strawberry limeade and a medium order of mozzarella sticks? And then can I also get, do you have blue raspberry slushies? Yes. Can I do that with nerds, please? A medium? Right. Okay. I think that's it. All right, so it's going to be 15.95. Thank you. Sonic time, Sonic time. It's time to drink and eat a snack. And thank you everyone. So yeah, I think this conversation really encompassed 
what our friendship <laughs> is. Um, yeah, I think so our friendship too. is very sporadic. Yeah, inconsistent. Like we'll go. I, we went months. I think I went th- when I was really depressed last mm-hmm. year. I went like three months without talking to you. And then we called each other, and we well, no, when we were at when you were in Hastings, we were seeing each other once a month, and we did that for like three or four months. No, we did that for like half a year. And then school started up, and it just got hard for yeah, you to, yeah. once school was back in session. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be difficult this year, but I'm going to make it work. Well, I mean, it's already hard enough when I live 1,800 miles away. Yeah. But that now that I have a now. big girl job, that I have benefits and paid time off, and it's a $150 flight, mm-hmm. I'd be happy to hop over. Yeah. A little three-day weekend. I'll always be here. I do have my weekends off. I hope you're not always here. I won't be Nebraska sucks. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, JD, for coming on. I had a really fun time chatting about everything. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Never a bore. Never a bore. And I'll see you guys next week with another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.